All right, welcome back to another edition of the Morning Skate. You have your host, Ked, here. Uh, I'm joined by Brownie. Uh, Biz that Brownie's been reaching out to people, trying to get people on, and we have quite the guest today. This guy played 200 games in the NHL, uh, 52 pounding minutes. I love that. Uh, won a cup, had a day with a cup, and now he's a beer league beauty, and he's tweeting, and he's a must-follow. So, Bo Bennett, welcome to Morning Skate. How's it going, buddy? What's up, boys? Thanks for having me on. No, we appreciate it. We were chatting before because I forgot to message you today because I'm just a Neanderthal, and we uh, we appreciate you hopping on. Brownie, what a find. Uh, I mean, th- this is going to be good. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I remember I remember when you got drafted because it was a big deal, the California kid. Um, one of the first – were you the actual first California in the first round, native-born? No, I think there was John Blum before me, maybe oh. one other, but I was the highest – I think yep. it's since, since someone's taken that over, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's still going on. I don't really follow it as closely as I used to because yeah, I don't yeah. know any of the kids, but it's, it's that was fun while it lasted. 20 we're different. Overall, not a big yeah. deal. Dude, I, we're, we're, uh, we're different. I'd have that like under a fucking magnifying glass every time I go out to the bar. Yeah, I'm, you know, number one in Cali. That's kind of my thing, but <laughs> you're a little bit more humble than I am, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, what, growing up there, what was it like playing hockey? Like, tell us how you got into it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up on Crenshaw, uh, which down the street is Great Western Forum, where the Lakers and the Kings used to play. And uh, Gretzky came, and I, I, I want to say '89 or '90, something like that, to the Kings. And I'm a '91, and my my parents had never played hockey before, been around hockey. None of my friends actually had been. And uh, he came, and it just kind of was the cool thing to do. Like I remember my first ever tournament was in the in the parking lot with like just rubber, like blow up boards and you had to play in this tournament and everyone got tickets to the game that night. And that kind of was the, my first real taste of ice hockey, never watched it before. And then fell in love with it. Obviously it was, um, it was awesome. Like Ray Ferraro is still my favorite player. Um, now he's an analyst, but that was, those were like the OG teams that I followed growing up. Yeah. That's odd. Did you grow up playing like roller hockey? Was that a thing that you? Yeah, roller was my main sport. I was about 14. Uh, it's, it suits my uh, personality. It's a little more laid back. Uh, there's no offsides, no icing, no hitting, which is great for me. So, oh, yeah. Spread the uh, ice for sure. I, I just, I mean, we, <laughs> it was just so much more laid back. Like you can, you don't even warm up. Like the guys will be like putting on their helmets as like the puck's about to drop. The guys are eating like, it's like almost like baseball atmosphere on the bench um, where you guys are like eating food and just going yeah. out there and having a good time. Um, since then, it's gotten a little more competitive. I tried to go back and play it and it just, I mean, there's hitting along the boards now and you still don't oh. wear any gear. Like there's no shoulder pads, nor hit, no hip pads. So it was one of those things that uh, it was fun while it lasted, but it's, uh, it's a little more serious now. Did you ever play in one of those rinks? Then they had that uh, inline league with the ramp up behind the net. Pro Beach Hockey is what the league was called. Oh, that's what and, it was. Uh, a lot of former NHLers went to just go out there because it was right on the boardwalk. I mean, you're just – it's kind of a sick setup where, all right, you can just go play hockey. And it was it was a ridiculous setup too because why would you go up in the, in the <laughs> back? I think it was because the guys didn't want to stop and start. So guys uh-huh. would roll up and you have a, about, about a, a bunch of old timers who are like, why am I stopping and starting? Like – in the off season, might as well just roll up and roll back. Into our <laughs> I always thought it was to get the skaters in. It was like a half pipe. No, it's a uh, skater still, I think changed in the sides, but I thought it was to, to keep the ball like coming towards the, like to keep the play like flowing kind of like that. And so guys never had to take a stride. 
Yeah, I remember Lyndon Byers hopped in there for a while when he retired. Ty, from Domi, Ty Domi played too. A lot, oh, a lot of my uh, a lot of my uh, old roller coaches played that too. Like they, that was how they. Came, we also had a, the IHL, where like you had the inline hockey league, and like that was fun to watch. But at a certain point, you're like, all right, there's no real future in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I went out with Buddy. Oh, go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. No, I was. I went out to San Diego last year to visit uh, one of the kids who like. I was talking about earlier to help found this thing. And we went to like an inline rink out there and like, dude, the scenery with like all the fucking woods or like the desert, but like there's trees and shit. And like, we yeah. got there. It was, dude, it was pristine. Like they were legit boards. Everything was clean. It was like, I'm not yeah. in upstate New York anymore. But they got a couple, they got a couple outdoor rinks where like, um, like on a given night, like during the week where everyone just goes there and plays pickup. Cause obviously it's not run by anything. It's just right. outside. It's just every Tuesday at 6 p.m. to 8, you're going to get about 20 guys there and just having, like, the time of your life. It's like beer league with guys who've played but don't want to put on gear and, you know, like have that same constant in a yeah. cold ice rink late night. Um, that's That was the best times growing up is doing that stuff. Yeah, they said uh, they said Keanu Reeves, when he moved to California, like, he would play street hockey every Sunday, and I think he did it for, like, six years straight or some shit with, like, the same group of people, and he was a goalie. Like, Keanu Reeves is, like, a big hockey guy. Yeah, I mean, I believe that for sure. I'm All those all those celebs, like, they, they have a CAA skate um, down in uh, El Segundo, which is, like, the talent agency um, that has actors, authors, all these people, and then 7 no a.m. You got like Jerry Bruckheimer's out there, like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s out there. And it's just all these talented people coming together to do like the skate. And they're all just brutal at hockey. <laughs> it's awesome. They, they got to put that on like ESPN or something. Oh, so when Bruckheimer uh, when has guys, his own tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when guys are like, they still have some guys that were former NHLers that come out that obviously are, but they just love like mucking it up with uh, right. like uh, people of different professions who are like, how are you guys so good? And it's 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 just fun to watch. Do they should you know how like it? Don't they do have a baseball like to have like a celebrity softball game or some shit like that? Like they should start doing that with hockey. That'd be hilarious. They used to. They used to a while, a long time ago. Because I remember Michael J. Fox used to skate in, and Alan Thick and all these older guys. Alan Thick, dude. Chris yeah. Jericho, I think. It wasn't Chris Jericho's dad in the, the NHL. I'm pretty sure he played for the Rangers. I think uh-huh. I think their form of it is doing the alumni game because. Yeah, I think hockey's the one sport you get guys out there who don't know what they're doing. It's like now you have five injuries. Yeah, it's a little dangerous. So, uh, I think that's like because like, I know basketball does it too, which is good. But hockey's just a different animal. Like everyone can run and jump for the most part. Um, once you put blades on, it gets dangerous. Either or, you know, like you have guys going too hard. You have guys don't know are just in the way. So, right. yeah, it's a it's a fine line. I, I wanted to ask you, going back to your childhood, uh, so I told a buddy of mine who lives here in Boston, but he is a Pittsburgh Penguins season ticket holder. He drives home that often. Uh, yeah, he's dedicated. But he um, he sent me over uh, uh episode of In the Room. Is that what it was called when you guys were on the pens? Yeah, yeah. And it was when you went home, and your parents had quite the setup. It was pretty yeah. sick in that backyard. I was very lucky. My parents gave me every opportunity to – do well um and in their defense too they never asked me to do anything they never asked me to like have you worked out today they never made me go to the rink or anything um it just kind of came with from within and i think i think putting that rink in the backyard because they had bought the property next door 
and they were going to rent it out. So they just kind of cut their backyard in half since we, we rented it out to a family friend. We knew he was okay with it. And then we made like a little sport court with a basketball hoop on one end. You got the hockey side and um, it was just, it helped my parents, I think in the long run. So I wasn't bugging them all the time to go to the rink. Uh, I was just, I, I was, I was the people that the neighbors hated, you know, out there before prac, uh, before school at like 7 a.m., like dinking them off the iron where you have people trying to sleep. And then I would be out there on weekends. Just it's just fun when you have no pressure, just kind of having the leisure. You could be just playing with your shoes off and then just go jump in the pool, too. It was like it was very fun for my parents wanted to create a spot that we didn't need to leave to go have fun. So I'm very fortunate for them. Yeah, it was. I, it's. I, I heard you on the um, Cam and Strick podcast a while back, and <clears throat> I thought it was super interesting. Your parents deal with the um, instruments too. They seem like yeah. they're really intent on you guys having well-rounded childhoods. Yeah, my my dad grew up in a band. Uh, that's just while he was in high school, the seventies. You know, like you get in a band. He's racing motocross. Uh, he was a drummer. So when we were basically when they were making this investment in us, you know, it's very expensive to play hockey in California. Um, I think my last two years in playing travel hockey with my brother, I think we were both about 23,000 each uh, just with travel and uh, ice costs. And we use like wooden sticks. So we were trying to help out as much as possible, but um, it is insane how expensive of a sport is. So it was just their one thing. Like we don't want you to be all your eggs in one basket, uh, play other sports don't skate five times a week, seven times a week, like skate twice, three times, and then take a instrument for five years. And I took piano and I actually hated it while I was doing it, but now it's awesome. It's gotta You're be sick inviting people over to the place and just be like, Hey guys, check this shit out. Then yeah, I got, yeah, I got a little keyboard. I, I remember when I was in the league, I'd always play in the lobbies and stuff. It's like, Oh yeah. It's something like I could go learn a song uh, if I wanted to, just cause I can read, I have the ability to read music now. And, um, I'm eight years old and I'm like, all right, I don't want to go to piano lessons. But now looking back, I'm 29. It's like, I'm so happy. I know like that added little thing in my life. I mean, yeah, I, I bought a guitar. I, I moved to Nashville uh, not that long ago and I bought a guitar before. I'm like, well, fuck it, dude. Like might as well, you know, country music dream. Yeah. I tried playing this thing for two days and it, there was just, it wasn't happening. So yeah, my girlfriend would always be like, why don't you play me a song? Like, it's out of tune. Like, like, don't, <laughs> like don't, don't even worry about it. It won't sound anything like it's supposed to, but dude, honestly, it's, it's like, sick. it's hard to find that motivation to like when something's oh, yeah. tough, like if I, if I didn't have my parents, I would have quit the first week. You know, it's yeah. just like, you have to do this. All right. Well, I love hockey. I might as well suffer through this once a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I tried to learn guitar too. It just, it doesn't happen. Like my wrists are so mangled too from surgeries. Like I couldn't even turn my hand if I wanted to. Yeah, dude, I have like T-Rex arms, so I can't even like really get around <laughs> yeah. the fucking thing. It's, it's a, just a really rough look for me. Get the banjo going. It's, or, it's or a ukulele maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember when I was in high school, we would play like Guitar Hero and people would be on the drums and shit. And like, we would crush a song and be like, dude, we should start a band. And we're like, oh, that's just not at all. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That in, in concert, we'd be playing a rock band at one of the hockey houses, and we'd we'd put uh, signs out front that says "free concert inside," and they come around <laughs> and see a bunch of twenty year olds playing fake instruments. So. You're like, yeah, any requests? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> 
uh, what was the transition like going from roller to ice? Was it was it hard on you? Was I mean the skating? I, I'm assuming probably the biggest obstacle, right? So I did both for about five years, nine, okay. uh, 14. So I was, I mean, there was days when I had like roller game, got it, had to ice game, back right. to roller, back to ice. Um, all it did was kind of make your stride a little bit uh, like um, shorter, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you don't have that edge to push off like in ice. Right. Um, so in that regard, it kind of hurts you. But I mean, you develop such a good knack for the game because everything's kind of like, it's more like chess and um and roller. Like you're trying to get two on ones, you're trying to get breakaways. Yeah. There's no offsides or icing, so you're bringing the puck back, kind of like moving like pieces around, almost like right. soccer too. Um, so it develops that side, but the the skating definitely uh, takes a hit. Like I, I I wasn't a great skater. It took me a long time to develop my stride in ice and and be good at it enough to get away with it. When you got drafted, local draft, you were only 20 minutes away from home. Did you have a big contention at the draft? Uh, I got to I mean, I keep my circle pretty small. Uh, I had some friends in, so I had about like 10 to 15 friends there. Um, and then my family's like, we roll like 12 deep, so not really that many. But, I mean, my grandma would never have been able to come. She's she's 101, still kicking right oh, now. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah. Wow, incredible awesome. yeah an absolute beauty and uh what she, a life holy yeah shit. what a life she's seen it all she's seen actually everything wow. <laughs> yeah so uh she's born in 1919 1918 1919 that's just insane literally and, uh, literally has seen everything that's seen everything yeah i know she, one two covid fucking this covid thing she doesn't understand because she doesn't even know that the internet's a thing really because she hasn't like oh, right so she's like we just tell her like, "Hey, like you can't do anything." She's like, "Why the hell not?" Like I've lived through X, Y, Z. So uh, she's a beauty, you know, and she's still there, like hard of hearing, but like her brain is still there, which is at a one hundred and one is crazy. Had a couple of cousins there, two aunts, an uncle, and my agent, and it was that was it. Um, but my aunt doesn't travel either. She's one, been one of my biggest supporters, so to have the it be right there. They didn't have to get on a plane, and it was it was an awesome week to share with those guys. Did yeah, you think that you can't beat it? Did you yeah. think Pittsburgh was going to pick you? Did you have like a pretty good idea? I had heard a lot because uh, I was kind of unknown um, coming out of the BC. I was I, I don't think I'd worked out to that point, so it was a lot of everything I was doing was kind of with no muscle. So I like mm-hmm. I, I knew I could grow into my body a little bit better. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential so it widens your range of where you could go like right we don't know if he's going to be good yeah. we don't know if he's going to be horrible um and I, I heard six to tampa or something like that and then Connolly fell and then he went and then i heard like uh 12 and then cal fowler fell and then i heard 17 and then someone took hishin and then um the first person who knew was my coach at the the year prior in youth hockey my agent didn't even know, but I got a text from my coach, Jack Bocas. He actually passed away from cancer and one of my favorite guys of all time. But he just texted me. He goes, you're going right here. And I, I was like, all right, well, what do you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're just a, But he, he's well connected. Like everyone respected him. So he, he gave me that tough love I needed to be able to like have thick skin that I do now. If it wasn't for him, I, I, I don't know where I'd be. 
that's a pretty cool memory to have, right? Like you're just yeah. waiting there and then all like fucking life's about making them, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was just happy it went in the first because I having the whole fam there. Um yeah. I figured I was gonna go in the first because there's a lot of teams in that back half that were kind of just gonna take flyers on guys and um it was just it was nice to go to Pittsburgh, you know, as to kind of see how the an organization should be run is like, right. like you can't beat it. Their fans the city, how they treat you, um, and then the organization. Like it, going from there, out other places is it's a rude awakening. <laughs> was your first? Was your first thought just Sidney Crosby? Like immediately? Well, he was at the desk, so I he was the first person oh. I shook hands with. Um, he was in town because he spent his summers in L.A. to get away from like the hoop love being Sidney Crosby. Yeah, Sidney Crosby in L.A. is like a D-lister, maybe maybe a C-lister, which is insane. Yeah, and. Yeah. But, I mean, I went to lunch with him and still getting recognized. Very recognizable person. Yeah. Um, he just liked going down there, breaking away from his normal routine. And uh, he was in town. And first person I met, met I had known all the other guys uh, through my agency a little bit and whatnot. And it just happened. I don't even remember anything, to be honest. Like, I just remember, like, fixing my tie, like, looking down so I didn't, like, step a trip or anything. Yeah, you don't want that, yeah. And then I get up there and I do an interview, do pictures, and then all of a sudden you're just done. Um, it, it's just you're focusing on handshakes, not messing them right. up. Like, <laughs> you're like, I don't even know any of your names other than Sid. Um, but it was it was an awesome experience. Oh, that's great. I was, and for those that are listening to home, at home, not to just gloss over when you played in the British Columbia Hockey League, I mean, 120 points in 56 games. I mean – yeah, I, I, I know you're not going to brag on it, but that's – I, I can't even put those numbers up in beer league, dude. <laughs> Our team was really good. Okay, so and, and to put it in perspective, there was two teams that were really good that year, Vernon Vipers and us. Vernon, um, like they won the whole championship of all of Canada. The final was like 9-1. So it was like us and them battling all year. Like um, – I think they had. I think we had like seven losses or eight losses, something like crazy, and they had like eight losses in sixty games, which is probably to each other. Um, right. So it's we had such a good team, and our power play was like clicking at thirty five percent, and it was just I had a good start, so I didn't play catch up. You know, I I like out of the gate is like twenty in my first eight games. So now now you're thinking, all right, I have like a twelve game gap to go point per game everything from here on is bonus and then you just kind of keep your foot on the pedal just how cool you is it points a game instead yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean how cool is it to be playing in that league like that young lighting it up like that like that's probably it's not i would it's pretty much professional sports right like the way they treat you guys and the amount of fans that go to games and shit penticton is penticton is one of the best junior programs in all of america not just um canada you know it's a tier two league bchl but uh the rink you're living in Okanagan, which is like a destination place during the summer, and the winters are pretty mild. Um, our rink seats like 5,500. They were super – it was like your whole team was committed, you know, like one of the only teams where you have 22 commits on the team. Right. So it was very – Fred Harbinson's done an incredible job where I had – I was going to go to Tri-City in the USHL or Calgary in the WHL. And if it wasn't for Fred Harbinson, I would have gone to either of those. Yeah. And even my dad is like, I this guy just he's gonna let you be you, which is 
hard to find sometimes. Everyone wants to put sure. a square peg in a round. Especially round as a young kid too, right? Like that's that's huge. I was a little older. It would have been my third year. So I like because I was I stayed as long as I could in California. Mm-hmm. So my first year I was 18, 17 turning 18. Um, I turned 18 a month in. So that's in my mind, like it was good numbers, but it was what I should be doing during a draft year and uh in the BCHL, you know, if I come in at 16 where I'm almost getting cut for my youth team, it's a different story. I'm putting up, I'm barely scraping double digits at that point. So I just, that's why I'm a strong proponent of staying where you're supposed to stay for as long as you can stay there. You know, like there's, there's this big rush to get places. So everybody progresses at their own pace, at your own pace. And like you play at your own weight, just because someone's six, one, two twenty doesn't mean you have to be, you know, just kind of, whatever works for you find that perfect niche and and do it because there's only one Connor mcdavid you know like everyone wants right, to be right. him. i was just gonna bring that up it sucks for him because like he's he's he should be in a league above the nhl I'll get he, that. <laughs> he's foolish yeah it doesn't make sense but i mean it's still it still goes to show that hockey is the biggest team sport you know right. i equate Connor mcdavid yeah. like a steph curry or lebron james like those guys are like Edmonton's how you can't win a playoff series. Like that's yeah. how big of a team sport it is. It's um, a tough look for me and Ked because we didn't pick either one. Neither one of us picked Edmonton in our preseasons to make the playoffs. So tough look on us right now. It's You know what? <laughs> it's the parity so close for, for the league. Like you could pick 26 teams and say, well, they have a chance, you know, Seriously? like they do have a chance. Um, I don't think you can say that about many team, like in the NBA, like, I mean, I could pick the top five in each conference right now, and there's yeah. 73 games left. <laughs> so. Right, right, yeah. Especially with the super teams that they will do the way they do it. <laughs> Which, in their defense, like, I mean, winning's fun, and if you have a chance to go win somewhere, I would too. With like buddies too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why in hockey, hockey because the money's less. You know, like yeah. people mm-hmm. say, you take a like a pay cut in hockey for like an eight million dollar player to go sign for four. Well. You have an NBA or who made thirty million for right. three years, and he's like, "All right, I'll go make five. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 yeah. Like, all right, well, he made his entire career earnings in three years, and now he can just go play twelve minutes a night for five million. I would, I would do that. I, I'm good with the NHL not doing the super team things, especially if we're going to be back in the Olympics. I don't know if you guys saw like projected Canada rosters today, but holy shit, dude. Yeah, they could have like, two teams for sure. That'll um, be fun to watch those guys just passing the puck around. I think they had Bergeron with uh, Marshy and Crosby as like a projected they, line. They for sure could have two teams, you know, and like the second team would be like a super scrappy, still skilled. Competitive. Team. Yeah, super competitive. Probably probably metal or be close to it. Um, but like it just goes to show you that the gap is closing. Like America's team is looks sick too. Like they're oh, going to yeah. have – they have they have like sneaky great depth, you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, but then you still compare it to Canada. You're like, oh, geez, well, yeah, those guys. But anything can happen, you know. When you have two sick teams, I think it's just the, the gap is closed a little bit. No. I just want to go. I just want to watch. I love watching those games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it wasn't the same. I didn't even care about the Olympics if they're <laughs> if the NHL guys aren't playing. Yeah. Really, I'll just tune it in if something's on and. Um, but where those games are the best, the best hockey you could ever play or dream up, you know, right. Uh, minus mi- mixing and matching generations, you know, like it's, the, these are the best players in the whole world playing and yeah. they care. Oh yeah. 
which is That's like the biggest thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, and the last time they were in there, I think I was in college, and it was like as soon as you got out of class, you went right to like the hockey house, and it was like, okay, turn the fucking game on. We'd have like giant parties, dude. Like, yeah, I miss that shit, and it's, it's good that it's back. Yeah, and like even like the teams that are just like scrapping and crawling to like stay into the the Olympics. Every game's competitive because they. It's unreal. Do you remember that Canada Latvia game or whatever when like Sanders yeah. Lynch was a cat? They, I think they lost by one. It, and it's for guys like this is a big time where you can like make your contract go up. Yeah. A lot of times it won't make your contract go down because if you're unnoticeable in the Olympics, it's kind of just like oh, it's just the Olympics. But if you have a sick Olympics, um, I remember back Roman Yossi kind of had a sick World Championships coming yeah. out of his first years and like he signed. They're like, yeah, we'll take a flyer on him. He looks unreal. And then he was the best contract for Nashville for like six Ever. years because he's only making five million. Right. But, no, it's cool. Like Zuccarello on Norway. Like nobody really uh, knew about him. And now, like, yeah, the Swiss team's gonna be fun to watch. Like the Swiss team's gonna be cut. Kind of, Germany. Like it'll Germany be, will be cool with Dry Sidle. And now they have that Mo Cedar kid who's supposed to be Yeah, he's really good. Uh uh tim steitzel too steitzel. Mm-hmm. jimmy that'll be, that'll be like a fun team to kind of support like low-key and see, yeah, see really how they do, um so you went to the university of denver what made you decide on university of denver um so my first year of penticton you know i i kind of pushed that side of things off because i just wanted to focus on where i was doing next which was figured out as penticton i wasn't very good leading into like penticton i i was starting to come to, into my game a bit um but I wasn't that tall. And then I had a four inch growth spurt one summer. It kind of helped my game along where I could just play a little more methodical. Still waiting for mine. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I could use another inch or two, but uh, um, anyways, there was a couple of teams like that were there from the start, like the Ivy leagues. Cause I was, I was really cared about school. <laughs> got my grades like um, as good as you can keep grades. Uh, Cause I never wanted to that get in the way of me doing something collegiately hockey wise. Right. And then um, I started killing it in Penticton. So I was like, all right, screw Ivy league. I want to do hockey like full time now. And then I always wanted to go to BC. I had gone on like a paid for a trip by myself uh, to go check out the campus. I was, I think I like offered Jerry Yark. I was like, I'll, I'll play here. Like I'll walk on. I don't care. Like I want to play here. And, at the time I wasn't that good. So he's like, nah, we're good. And then I think he offered me first weekend in the season in Penticton. And then I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, all right, there's been teams here, not to like diss them, but like there's been teams that have been talking to me like Denver CC for two, three years. Right. Just being like, how are you doing? Like, we, we, we love you as a player. Like I didn't want someone to come in and just swoop that away. Like, Alabama in college like they don't really have to recruit they recruit themselves you know um and then I went on a I didn't want to go on a bunch of visits because I was during the Penticton year I'm like I don't I can't miss games like I don't want to do that to the team so I just picked two places closest to home the two that have been there the most DU and CC and CC and DU funny enough like I was like deathly hungover for both I, I had a rookie party Rookie party or something else um, going into both. Like, CC, I missed my first day. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was like, Dad, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, we'll do something tomorrow. And then CC was awesome. It's just a small school. I wanted something a little bigger. Then I did DU. um, And Guazdecki had bird flu or something, like, crazy like that. 
and he was trying to talk to me from his office on the conference thing and saying, Hey, happy to have you. He's coughing. And I'm like, all right, well, this is weird. Cause I like it here more, but I don't really know what to expect. I haven't even met the head coach. So fast forward one week later, I'm going to junior, uh, junior a challenge in PEI and our layovers in Calgary and Gwazdecki uh, flew to Calgary to meet me for five minutes on the layover, 40 minute layover as we're so just to like talk to me for five minutes. And then that kind of like solidified everything for me oh, he for sure. flew to Calgary just to talk to me for five minutes. And then he left. It was wow. awesome. So I was like, all right, well, I was already leaning that way and that just kind of hammered it home for me. It's a big character thing to do, man. Like that talk about making you feel good and like welcome. Oh, I mean, when I was like, I and I was so immature, like I can't even tell you how immature <laughs> I was. Like I I wouldn't warm up for games, I wouldn't work out, I'd wear like PJs, like I was just I was very not ready for pro life or taking it very serious. Um, but like that act right there, like I'm like, I want to be taught how to be a pro by this guy because that obviously he knows something about it where like five minutes, but five minutes is all it took. So it was it was awesome. It was a great choice, too. I, I had a bunch of friends there. It was a great school. I just didn't take the school portion very seriously. Well, who really does out of us? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were two guys I wanted to ask you with ask you about on the University of Denver because this just – this, I mean, you played with some Hall of Famers, you know, Nick Shore, Scott Mayfield. I just wanted to ask about two different goalies, their stat lines. I don't even know if you're going to remember these guys. There was a guy named Josh Rosenholtz. Yeah. And another guy named Zach Hope. Oh, they, yeah. They combined for four minutes of play and three saves over two seasons. And I just think it's the most random line in hockey db that i've ever seen it i was like who, like these guys are like the most interesting man alive i'm like who are these guys so in div one like sometimes you'll have three goalies you know uh in a given year and they're kind of jockeying for position who's the starter like teams want their guys to be playing so very rarely you'll have like a third fourth guy who's there for like scratches he'll like literally gets in gear for practices stands in case someone gets hurt. And then, so basically they're just the best team guys of all time there. Yeah. I mean, they get all the gear. That sounds like the dream, dude. That's like a big e-bus, right. For college basically. Yeah. And like, they're just sitting there basically they're a part of the team, you know, and uh, like everyone appreciates them because they, they're not, they're not going to play, you know, like they're, they're not right. really, they're not going to go. This isn't going to be a career for them. So they're a part of a team. Um, the boys love them. Like them at parties is just an absolute yeah. <laughs> insane. And then we got up in a game late for Josh and obviously threw him in there. Go, go get us a save. It's just like, just like any of those sports, you know, like in basketball, yeah, yeah. Throwing, right. like a student trainer. Um, so Zach Hope and yeah, Josh, they're just good guys. And you respect that as a, like all you want as a player is a goalie to try hard. Right. Which when they right. were called upon in practice, like, all right, make me better, make me shoot. Right. Where, like to score. Um, so, and it's a thankless job, you know, like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I played hundreds, some, of, hundreds of pucks of practice. Practice. Yeah. And, and you're not going to play. Yeah. So, like, common right. high, hard ones. Just yeah. Fucking them. yeah. And, and they're still required to come to workouts. We work out at 6 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. So, 
they're working out at that time. They're a distant part of the team, and the guys just love these guys. So I, I think every team has has a Zach Hope on their team. I just thought it was awesome. I saw those stat lines. I'm like, oh, I got to ask about these guys. <laughs> hey, do you mind if I grab some more wine, please? Yeah, go for it, man. No, man, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw those stat lines. I'm like, I got to ask him. One guy played for one minute. One guy played for three. It was fantastic. And you know what? We were like, all the boys were laying out like shot, uh, blocking shots. You know, like there we try very hard. You know, a lot of times backup goalies they get a better effort from their guys because um right they're, yeah. you know like they're like oh like like he's supposed to be a great guy he works hard in practice let's look let's go work hard for him as opposed to a starter sometimes like you're like he's so good he'll make all the saves you know so it's that's that, what they say about Hudobin in the nhl everybody loves him and they yeah they lay out like, for him all the time that makes yeah, so much sense the rangers would always take nights off when like hank was in the moment a backup went in they're like fucking Three yeah. times as fast, they're battling for pucks. And it's like, why couldn't we do this with the king? It's because you just like it's almost like a night off. You're like, the king's so good. Like, yeah, we don't have to like go crazy. There's 82 games in the schedule, like, um, which is it is tough, you know. 82 games that's schedule. a grind, dude. That's yeah, a fucking grind. It would be I, I think if you got rid of 10 games, I know it would never really happen, but Getting rid of 10 games would make the season just awesome. Like every game matter that much more, um, mm-hmm. more times for the best players to not get injured, which right. like at the end of the day, you, you have a product you want to put on the ice. If you're cramming games in there, it's just, it's inevitable. Guys are going to get hurt. Yeah. It's the gate and the, and the concessions and all that. That's not, it's never going to change. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know it's, but and you know what, like, but that's what it is. Like you have to prepare for that. You, you can't think it's going to ever change. So, um it's just with how fast it's getting out there it's just like it seems like it's hard to maintain you know back in the day you could just right lash on to someone and then go for a ride around the ice um granted the game was a little nastier too um but it's definitely it, demanding and it's it's every shift you're getting hit right? yeah it's it's a different type <laughs> of demanding you know like <clears throat> definitely the skill of north south is like fun to watch but it also was fun to watch back then you know like it was Every battle on the ice, one on one, like you're you could watch any one on one battle and be like, These guys are trying to kill each other, yeah, <laughs> not even yeah. near the puck. Yeah, the 94 cup's a lot different than the 2021 cup for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, you had to pick 94. Uh, uh, didn't mean to. So, so, you break in with Wilkes, Wilkesbury, right? That's how you say it, Wilkesbury, yeah. and then you get called up for the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's who you um, broke in with. At the, yeah, the so playoffs Wilkes-Berry, did you get regular season? Wilkesbury, I was I was very fortunate to come in during the um, the lockout year. Oh, so, right. So it was the season started I think mid January. So right off the bat, I have no pressure to try to be like a top pick trying to make the team. So I didn't have NHL training camp, just AHL. I was still super underdeveloped in terms of my strength and stuff. So I, I came on strong. And the best part of was it was there was a lot of AHL guys that were NHL guys because they would send their entry level guys down to play right. in the AHL that year. Um, so I was getting a taste without having to get the full taste for four months. And then I went to training camp in January was still overmatched and it, but it, it's like turned something in my brain. Like, okay, I need to still start, start to take things a little more serious. 
And then I think eight games in, um, I think we had a couple injuries. And I actually drove to Pittsburgh with Billy Guerin. We just shot the ship for five hours. And he's like, you might get called up. I don't know if the injuries are real or not or, like, at the time. Then I, I pull up to the game, and they're like, you're not playing. And then something happened in that game. So then they're like, all right, well, come with us to Winnipeg. And then I play the next game in Winnipeg. And I actually I had a pretty solid year that year. That was your first NHL game was in Winnipeg then? Yeah, Winnipeg. Yep. And you got we to spend five hours Billy in a car Garin. with Billy Garen. Yeah. Holy I was going to say, we talk about him almost every podcast episode. I mean, yeah, granted he- the fact that he's in the, you know, in the GM role and everything. But the stories about this guy, what a legend. I mean, he's just awesome. He, I mean, he's definitely a guy and probably now more so as a GM, like not as much as player development where like guys are going to want to play really hard for him. Cause if you're winning and playing, he, he's like a player, you know, like he gets pissed off when he loses, he gets really happy when he wins and he likes to still share that winning uh, spirit, you know, like Billy G having a beer with Billy G is like an all time thing. You know, he's yeah. just his demeanor, the way he delivers stories, the way he delivers jokes, no one's off. No one's, no one's safe, you know, like you like a guy like that who's like, all right, there's no favorites. Like he'll make fun of me and make fun of right. Mark and you in the same sentence. So, but like that, those are the guys you appreciate. You're like, all right, well, he's honest. He's fair. He'll now as a GM, he'll yell at Kaprizov as much as he'll yell at Nico Sturm, one of their young guys, right. which right. I mean, there's a reason why Nick Kap, uh, Kaprizov makes 9 million or whatever it is. It's like, you still have to find that balance of where everyone's like, all right, well, he treats him the same. Right. I feel like he's just like the pro's pro. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's really good at hockey too. Like he'd come out and shoot with us. Like he still has like, obviously his skating towards the end of his career went down, but he was like one of the fastest guys for a long he time. So good, uh, dude. He's so strong. And his, his build is like, makes no sense to me how it could even skate. Cause he's so big. Um, but, and then towards his end of, end of the career, like, Oh nine, like, he just buckles down, plays a role that suits the team, and they win the cup. So it's you respect a guy like that, puts his pride aside, and like um, he's like, "All right, I just want to win. I don't care." Yeah, right. you know, you go to battle for a guy like that. How, how was the first game in Winnipeg? Was that just like surreal? Yeah, I, my grandma's actually from Winnipeg, so it was like huh? a weird like silver lining, up. dude. Holy, yeah, God. yeah. So it, I didn't even like remember it to be honest. It's a sick rink. Um, like the rink is a great place to watch it. Like a playoff game there would be insane because it's like 15,000 or 16,000, but the, the boards, they go straight up and down or not the boards, the seating. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's not yeah. really bowed out. Deep. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like a college stadium, like how like Wisconsin is. And I just remember the only thing I remember is blocking a shot from that game. Like actually my ankle, I still feel like the scar tissue. Zach Bogosian took a shot and I was like, Ooh. I was like, all right, I don't really block shots, but I'm going to look for this one. Then, yeah, it, it wasn't many. The boys loved it. And, uh, yeah, and Bilesma gave me get the game puck, and we won that game, and it, it was just an awesome experience. How, yeah, like, how often are there, like – too? Yeah, how yeah. often are there, like, pinch-me moments when you're watching, like, Sidney Crosby and, like, Evgeny Malkin just wheel around the ice and just dominate? That's got to be, like, insane. It was – I mean – Sid was ridiculous in practice and games, but like Gino, Gino sometimes like 
he would do stuff. And you're like, this guy doesn't care. He just is this good at like, yeah. and then like he'd pull, he was so dominant. Like in when he would be on his game, like you obviously now you have Sid being the number one center, him being number two. So now he's probably the number two most dominant center, but he's the second center on his team. So you're getting second pairing D-men that he's just eating up. Like yeah. when they won in 09, he had like 36 points. Like right. that's a testament because they needed each other to be as good as they were. Um, granted, whenever one went down, the other stepped up and actually put up a ton more points. So it's it's pretty crazy that it works like that. But same with the Sedins. I know like their best seasons were when they weren't playing together. Oh no shit! Yeah. Did how long did or did did he ever learn your name, Malkin? Isn't that the big the big rumor with him? He doesn't know his teammates' names. Yeah. Do you, do you know? I think he uh, he learned mine early because we we were on a line together. Yeah, I um, yeah I remember that. And he was I was with him and Neil, and I was boys with Neil's Neil off the ice, and they were boys in the locker room. So it was it was nice because James uh, James is like a really uh, funny personality, like not cocky he's just one of those like veteran guys where yeah. he'll like give it to you in front of people but then he'll pick up the check on the side so like uh-huh. he rubs some people the wrong way but like for me he was awesome coming in the league and he kind of helped bridge the gap between the more um serious guys in the league and same with paul martin paul martin was for uh, me was paul. awesome he he was um he was one of those vets like you aspire to be where he's just nice to everyone not on your team, just around the rink, like always saying hi, shaking hands to like doormen and right. um, whoever's around the rink. So like you watch a guy like him and you're like, this guy makes $5 million. He's been making $5 million for 10 years. He already has a cup and he's still not an asshole. So like just be that guy. Yeah. Is it is it true that James Neal punched a bear in the face? Who? James Neal. There was like a report that came out like a couple years ago that he like a bear went up to him and like punched in the face and ran away. I a don't bear. know about that yeah, story. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know about don't that. Know. Story. It was it was on hockey Reddit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Everything on Reddit's true. Um, no, I, I James was just a he was just a funny, honest guy. Like great flow, unreal hair, great flow, good looking dudes could score goals and like he just had this like little like cock cocky like attitude that was funny it wasn't like very cocky that i thought was hilarious like walk into the rink and just a scowl on his face he was kind of like grumpy in the mornings and <laughs> like he'd be like neiler how, how you doing and he goes I feel like a million bucks but they're paying me five and just walk right by us. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then like but like that stuff like i i love that i tried to like take that into my like AHL careers, like being like a funny guy that like you interacted with rookies, but like you like kept them still as rookies. But then when you take the boys out, Hey, I got this one. Like it's on me. They respect you more. So if Neil was like the more relaxed side, who was some of the more intense of those Pittsburgh teams? Um, Not like like a robot, isn't it? No, Sid's awesome. Sid Sid likes to he's had he has fun off the ice. Um, See, that's the just, crazy part. Like nobody knows that because like it's, his it's, career, it's, he's done such a great job staying like out of the media, like negative. He's like Derek Jeter, sort of right. Like in yeah. their careers, they're just pros and they win all the time. You never see anything really bad said about them, but you don't really see anything like off the ice. I guess he he's very good. At, I mean, it's still regimented. You know, like like I've I've had more 
unfiltered fun than Sid in my life. Right. And that's just from not being Sid. Um, but he like he knows how to have fun, pick his spots, you know, like yeah. make sure like not being seen on a losing streak, like stuff like that matters, especially with like oh, yeah. how media is. Um, but um, he's just one of those guys too. You just watch and not super loud or vocal, um, just kind of works so hard that you're like, all right, I want to work just as hard as him, which yeah. is impossible because he's got a motor on him like I've never seen. Yeah. Um, but he was a great captain, really good captain. And then you had other guys that actually, like Brooks Orpik was very serious when I played. I was going to ask about Orpik. Yeah, um, he was one of the ones I was going to ask. He was another guy who Craig Adams were like these guys. So American boys and like I'm coming in and I'm very laid back and they're super regimented, like w- whether it be with diet and conditioning, whatever it may be. And I'm just the opposite, like on everything. So it kind of was nice to have those guys around where it kind of balanced me out where I could not take everything that they were doing. But I mean, I, I got called out a couple of times when I was younger being like, like, what are you doing? Like you're, you're not warming up. You're not working out. Like, and you have Brooks Orpik, who's 33, still like doing full workouts after right. games, full workouts before practices. So it was good to have those strict guys. And then you had the fun, the the super like more playful guys, like um, the Kneelers, the Chris Kunitz, the um, Paul Martins, Robert Bortuzzo. I played with. He was Bortuzzo, one of the best yeah. guys ever. You must have loved it when Phil the Phil the Thrill showed up then. Well, Phil is <laughs> Phil. I don't know how that guy ever got a bad rep. <laughs> I love Phil Kessel. He As can a dunk a basketball. I love Phil Kessel. Always have. He can, he can dunk a basketball. He can, he's yeah, so athletic. He's so good at golf too, um, and he's just a good dude. Where like he came in, he took the pressure off the big boys to because he was still a point per game guy. Like he, I think he was eighty eighty. And then he also was point per game in the playoffs. So you add that to your guys that are already doing that. Um, and also, adversely, Phil needed a guy to be number one, number two. You know, yeah, like right. it's hard to carry a team. Like, especially in that media. Like, that was probably yeah. yeah. And there's just, it's hard as a winger. I mean, to do what like, like a Patrick Kane does, it's like, it's very hard. Like, you're waiting for the puck all the time. Right. Um, so Phil to come in and, I mean, they tried to make everything work with those guys on five on five. Obviously, the power play was clicking, but it took to the playoffs to get Haglin. I think it was right before playoffs, Haglin, Bonino, and Phil. And they were arguably our best line in playoffs and like the 15 game st- stretch leading into it. That was the heartbreak line. I remember that. HBK. Yeah. 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 And they were, they were, they were just like, Bonino's not that fast. Haglin's very fast. So fast. Bonino, Bonino's so smart that Phil just didn't have to worry about anything. And he's like, all right, well, I have two really defensively responsible forwards. Like, I can play my game. I'm not going to get yelled at. They're both quiet guys, uh, Benino and Haglin. I think sometimes when you're playing with really good players, they expect the same out of right. you. But you just be like, bro, you're way better than me. <laughs> Chill out, man. I'm, Trust I'm, me. I'm not trying to fuck up this drill, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes you just have to be like, bro, I, like, I wish I, I was do what you, you do. Because I'd be – Yelling at you too. But I just can't. Who uh who'd you score your first goal on? Uh it was against Tampa. It was Garan. Uh Matthew Garan. Matthew, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Matthew yeah. Garan. Um, yeah, Matthew Garan. At the time there was a 
something Quran, and I thought they were on the same team, so I didn't know if it was one of the two. Was it Jordan Quran? I think Jordan Quran. There was another goalie. There's a goalie Quran too. Um, but Matthew Quran, I believe it was. It was on a five on three. Sid passed it to me. It was like you couldn't draw it up better. That yeah, was awesome. What a moment, dude! So yeah, he passed it. Jesus, man. And he's uh, he's he's awesome. He'll like he he signed his stick and said like congrats on your first goal. Like oh really? He, he does that for people he assists on first goals. Um, so it was a, it was a cool thing. Still, I think my parents have it somewhere. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. Sick, man. So was there and a then, big? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask the coaching change before the cup from 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 uh, Billsman to to Johnson. Yeah. Um, so Johnston, I grew up with this kid, so I was best friends with like his buddy, uh, his son Adam. So it was I have known uh, Mike for a long time, um, and Mike was awesome to me. He was he was like an analytic guy. It, it's tough, you know. You go from coaching junior hockey to coaching egos, basically managing egos and uh, trying to get guys to respect you. I think it was a really big um, shock to him. You know, like when you're dealing with 17 to 20 year olds, you just tell them what to do and they should do it because they're young and they don't have a say in anything. So I think it was the the voice getting a little stale, um, guys kind of checking out and then slowly brought in this awesome – kind of no-nonsense, up-tempo style of play where not many people know this, but, like, X's and O's in hockey is very, like, there's not, like, systems that are, like, crazy, like, do this or do that. Um, You know, like, you have to still read and react. Yes, there's a basis for what you should be doing in certain circumstances, but sometimes it's just a voice to be heard that people respect. Hence, Tampa, uh, everyone knows uh, John Cooper is very well-liked down there and um and i think the guys just respond to a person rather than like uh video telling you you're bad like everything's easier on video it's like sometimes you need to say let's put that one behind us if you keep doing it we're gonna basket but let's uh, just move on and move on to the next so solely was great for the boys um we made a couple other trades in that time um, I can't really remember who we traded for, but coming down the stretch, we just kind of locked up our whole team. Guys were playing the best they've ever played. I was injured. I got. I, I had the this TJ Oshie shoulder. That was the Oshie hit, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, that was the first Sully game. Was so I. It was my first period of playing for Sully. It was that game, and it was. It sucked because I was playing good. I was playing with Sid and Cooney at the time. Um, and then that just kind of still bothers me to this day, but it ruined that year for me. And then um, it was awesome to be a part of watching the guys win the cup, though. Well, you still got the day with the cup and a ring with the cup, a ring from yeah. the cup, right? Yeah. But not yeah, on really. the cup. No, not on the cup. So I think it's 53 names you're allowed. And for guys like that year, Duper – he got petitioned to go on it. He was, um, he had blood clots. Yep. All oh, right. Right. Like, yep. Like eight games in. But he, he was also, a helpful player. He was a great player, great guy, good vet. Um, he, he helped me a lot. And um, he also was doing a lot of video work too, helping the guys day in and day out. It was his, basically his retirement um, leading into his retirement. And 
So he played nine games or something, and then they petitioned to get him on the cup, as they should. He deserves to be on there. And then Kevin Porter played 41, so that's right, the cutoff. And then um, I was like 33 and then one in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I just missed it by one person, one player, whatever. I mean, you still got a day with a cup. Like, what was that? Yeah, like? I, I actually – it didn't bother – people thought it bothered me, at, like, not getting my name on there, and it didn't bother me whatsoever because I never expected to get on there. So yeah, I you was still like, have the memories of just, like, being there and, like – I, I, was just, and I, was just, I, I was just happy to party and, like, I was yeah, having right? a great time. I had been injured for, like, seven months, so I was basically just staying in shape to enjoy this ride of watching your best buddies, like, work way harder than you to win. <laughs> Um, and then, so yeah, I got the ring, which was very nice of them. Cause I don't, I didn't know if they had to do it or required to do it. Um, and then the day with the cup was awesome. Just brought it to my hometown, took it to the local rink that I learned how to skate at. Um, had about like 300 people there that just kind of came through, got, got to take pictures with it just to like pay homage to S Southern California hockey fans. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Then from there, went down to the beach. We had a house on the beach that summer and uh, played a volleyball tournament. Invited all like the young friends there um, to play a volleyball tournament, act like he won the cup. We had like a, <laughs> that's great, huge, a huge turnout. It was it was awesome. Just drinking with all all these guys that I played with. I think I invited every guy I played with like from eight years old on. I was like, boys, you're all a part of it yeah. in some capacity. And then took it on a party bus back to my parents' house, who was waiting at my parent was waiting at the house with all my coaches that I had coached oh, me up to that point. So I had all these hockey families and coaches at this house that they could do their time. Um, at this point, I'm mangled, so I'm still just trying to stay like coordinated with everything. And um, then we go from there. We go down to our local watering hole, which was uh, Shellback, still a bar down in Manhattan Beach, and we just partied there and. We announced it. They had always hooked us up with helping us with getting seats and getting us uh, drinks for free and whatnot. So we we're like, oh, let's bring some, let's bring some uh, business to you guys. And we just set it up in the bar. And this thing, this place was crawling. It was crawling That's for sick. like, like four and a half hours. And by the end of it, like we had police, fire department coming, trying to grab pictures. And um, like Richard Jefferson was walking around, and he won the nba championship the next year or that year or something like that so it was it was just one of those things that was awesome to like um bring home and pay homage to everyone who helped me pretty surreal moment thought. for sure yeah that's unreal and then you you end up with the new jersey devils you play 65 games with them got to play with like kyle palmer wow kyle palmer taylor hall adam enrique miles wood pa parent what was what was your uh how'd you like it in jersey it was it was good, you know. I actually it was like all the management from when I initially got to Pittsburgh, so I had oh, like cool. familiarity. It was the guys who drafted me, basically. So they like that's sick. They had known I kind of pulled the short straw when when it came to injuries. So like they're like, let's take a flyer. <laughs> um, they knew I wasn't a bad guy, so they it wasn't like uh, they had to ask around. So they knew who I was. It just is one of those situations where we were just really bad and like. Um, um, and I had John Hines, our coach in Wilkesbury. So it was coming full circle into the NHL from my first year pro. Um, and we just got in there. We were young and we we're not good. And when you're not good, things have to change. And um, usually it's guys who are 
on one way one year contracts. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it, no hard feelings at all. It's just one of those things where um, it didn't work out. I had a lot of fun living close to New York without being in New York. Right. Uh, I lived right, right in Hoboken, and like, oh, Hoboken, sick. Oh, it was that's a good time. It was just awesome. Like, I would just take the little uh, subway over to with yeah. my then girlfriend uh, to West Village. And just walking around West Village without having to pay West Village prices to be in West Village within yeah. five minutes was like, like I couldn't. Have, if you're if we were winning, it, it would have been awesome to play. Like <laughs> it was just like it's just hard to keep a smile on constantly yeah. when you're. I mean, we were. I think we got the first overall pick the next year. We were probably one of the last place teams, so it was yeah. it was hard to smile every day. But it was. I tried. Yeah, you make the best of it, right? Yeah. Well, that's the that's the one theme that I I heard you in other interviews that always stuck out to me was no matter what seems to get tossed in your way, any kind of obstacle, you're just like, yeah, I'm still playing hockey and it's all good. You know, yeah, it could be better, but it could be worse. Yeah. I mean, honestly, life is like solely about perspective. Like you like. Yeah, everything could be better, but everything could be drastically worse. There's like right. millions and millions of people who pray to be sitting here talking to you guys on a computer yeah. drinking wine. So it's right. like, <laughs> well, it's a healthy so, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then adversity, like looking, saying, like, why me? It's like, or saying I want to be that person. It's like, all right, well, work harder to get to the, where that person, not like saying I want to trade lives with them. It's like they didn't just luck into this unless you came into like a billion dollars from family money. Like they, there's a right. lot of behind the scenes th- things that people don't sacrifices that are made that people don't see that they would never make if they were, if it was came down to it. So. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a healthy, it's a, especially with the whole get ahead at all cost mentality that you see some of these kids on the tracks they're put on. I just think it's a nice, breath of fresh air the way you approach it i it really stood out to me in some of the other interviews i listened to well honestly one of the easiest part about my day is being uh like nice to people you know like you're like please thank you yes sir yes ma'am simple things dude little things it's the easiest part of my day so i don't know understand like why people people live in this little bubble of themselves where they think uh they only care about themselves or their immediate circle it's like holding a door open, like it's sim- simple stuff like that, like saying, no, you go in front of me. Like I can wait five seconds, like, yeah. like in a, right. that big of a rush um, and it gets lost, and especially now with everything is so sideways, <laughs> like we yeah. can talk about that forever. Um, <laughs> if you just stuck to your P's and Q's, like, and then you, you wouldn't have to worry about anything else. Like that's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's actually very um, uplifting with all my injuries and whatnot like i have no no problems because i'm just nice yeah. to people when they're nice to me right no yeah. I, and I, I don't know man life's about just doing little things like you said holding the door for somebody that that may have made somebody's day you don't know but like yeah. it, it's yeah, so I, easy too man it's like, just be I, kind to one another and mind your business if everybody did those mind two your, things mind your business is a one that like it's like well in this day and age like you used to work hard to qualify your opinion on stuff and it's like now yeah. it's everyone's just allowed to just <laughs> yeah, up here, up here, not like, anymore no no i just mind my business you know i just um like if everybody I, did that it would the world would be yeah but like you said like you don't know what someone's going through like like if i'm out to dinner and i order steak and i get chicken i'm like all right i'll eat it i don't care <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever like 
Yeah, you know, just give me steak next time. You're good. And then, like, those person, if they're having a, if that person is having the worst day, they're like, all right, well, it's not that bad. Like, right, someone helped uplift me a little bit. So it's a, it's a thing everyone should be doing right now. Hell yeah, man, for sure. What was uh, what was the KHL like? Um, <laughs> it was. It was good if you – I was in a very bad state of mind um, going in. I, my knees and my knees to this day is kind of why I retired. Um, I have some chronic uh, tendinosis stuff that, like, I just can't shake. I can't figure out why it's every day, whatever I do. Um, it's just – it's obnoxious and at that point. So coming out of Chicago, I had a pretty good year. Um, credit. Yep um rocky thompson because i told him like i was like i was a vet at the time and he's like i can't skate really um but i'll play power play I'll, i can still put up points just by playing kind of smart out there and playing less you know like i right. I, I, I i couldn't sit on the bench either so i'd stand the whole game i'd take ubers to games um my knees were just like shot i just could not work out i couldn't get them to a place where i was even adding muscle to like feel faster because I couldn't, my knees just hurt. So Jeez, man. coming out of that, I got qualified by St. Louis and they didn't want to sign me. But if there's some stipulation that if you were on a one way, but played most of the year down the year prior and they signed you to a, if they QO'd you, but didn't want to sign you, you'd have to play for that team at like $30,000 in the AHL. It's almost as like compensation for not playing up the year before. Um, that's what it was explained to me. So huh. at the time I was looking for overseas and I was just telling my agent, like, Hey man, I still can't walk. Like what? Like I'm not training. I'm not skating. Right. Um, he's like, Oh, just go over there. They'll figure it out. They got some good, like they got some good, uh, medical stuff. And I, I was fortunate cause I talked to the coach and, and um, he was, a, he was an American guy or Canadian guy, Gordy Dwyer, I think his name yep. is. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And he, he was a good guy. And, but it was the same thing. Like, Hey, come over here. We'll figure it out. I'm like, I can't like play preseason. I know you guys do some crazy stuff during. <laughs> so they were nice. They let me miss all of training camp, which was three weeks, but I didn't skate. My first skate was when I got there. So I skated. Um, obviously I don't feel that bad. The first couple of days I'd been resting my legs. And then all of a sudden, like my knees go right back to square one. And uh, preseason games start rolling around. And I'm like, all right, well, good. I can get a break. I play nine of ten preseason games because they oh. – basically everything is like – everything <laughs> – our, our team was owned by the Minister of Defense of the country or something. <laughs> That's and the it thing. Was, it's all dude, like, like politicians yeah. and mobsters. It's, like it's, it's the weirdest thing. And, and all the fans were great. The team was great. But, like, there was no figuring out my knees. And if I had a good – mindset from my body being healthy or healthy enough i could have made it work there for a year and had fun and um but i was already so miserable on the ice that would have been my escape normally because right, right. was like just a huge change of pace from Manhattan beach california um, <laughs> it's a little but, different there huh <laughs> yeah and, and we were and again we were horrible i think we went one and nine in preseason we lost we went one we went zero and five in our first five games or one and four i couldn't skate and now you're on olympic ice so it looks even worse they're like this yeah. guy is like 
there's they thought I wasn't like trying or something like I just could not physically skate and then I had something happened back home uh, a buddy of mine passed away and I I was like I got it like one of my best buddies so I was like I got to get back there for this funeral and they made it seem like I couldn't go so I was like all right that game I just sat on the bench like hey Bo you go I'm like no I'm not going and then that next morning, I just boarded a flight, left all my stuff there, hockey gear, all my oh, clothes. Shit. Yeah, I was like, I, because it's one of those buddies, like, he would have done the same for me. Oh, like, yeah, right, dude, right. like, that's insane. Yeah. It, it's just so, like, the, the culture over there is very, like, non sensitive towards that type of th- thing. Right. Like, I was just like, I have to go. Like, I'm sorry. Um, and when I got back, I had a, I had a return flight because I'm like, I was like, I need to go back and at least, at the very least, tell them like, hey, I, I'm going to quit because I wanted to right. stay to their face, not over the phone. And then I got home and just being with my friends and family through that whole ordeal was just like, all right, I can't even get back on that 16-hour yeah. flight. Like, I need to take this knee thing, get it taken care of. And I had surgery in November that basically it's like having a cavity in your patellar tendon. So they had to carve out a bunch of uh, tendon and sew it back together. And um, it's been way better since, but still not great. Um, so just one of those things you got to deal with. And if I didn't have that, I'd still be playing hockey. But I mean, you are still playing hockey, right? In the beer league? Is that, is that what we're doing? Now? No, I can't, bro. I let you, I tried one game and I, I literally can't. And my knees are so like, I'm going to come out with a tell-all of all my injuries and it'll be hilarious <laughs> because it, it gives a little scoop of like the behind the scenes of um, like when people are like Jack Eichel's situation is perfect example. Yeah. People are like, Oh, like he's being selfish. It's like, bro, like no one cares. About, yeah. It's no one cares about you yeah. if you, if you're not doing anything for the team. So um, granted I, I had some good, but there was also a lot of shoddy um, um medical advice along the way where I kind of want to put something out to kind of encourage like kids like, yeah, I know you think you might be stepping on toes, but like if you're not playing for them in a year, they don't, they're never going to, they're going to delete your number. Self-advocacy is what you have to, you have to like, like asking for second, third, fourth opinions. Why not? It's not right. It's nothing against doctors. It's just, it's basically just fact checking or doing your due diligence to like right. for yourself. You're the only person you have to be with consistently. So <laughs> it's crazy to me. I'm in the trades and I'll have people that'll get three or four estimates to get like a deck put on their house, but they'll do whatever their doctor says without questioning it. Exactly. I'm like, like it's, I feel like there's a disconnect there. You know? Yeah. Ex- and that's a great analogy too, because like you're, you're, picking and choosing on these like like a hundred dollar two hundred dollar jobs but what about being able to walk for the rest of your life right. or being able to throw a pain ball free yeah pain free and and people like even i mean today's a great example of like everyone should listen to doctors well to an extent you should like be able to check with every doctor and be like right. all right let's come to a common um uh, consensus here of what's perfect for you and your body and Doctors are employed by the teams. It's not like you're outsourcing yeah. to like a Invested like interest. Uh, yeah. So like, and in their defense, it's a business, and they just got to get a product on the ice. You're and, an asset. Yeah, you're an asset until you're not. Right. But um, that's why I always, after my first big 
couple mess ups. That is why I'm still like hurting today. I went through a third party family doctor and he'd always tell me how it is. And even if I didn't want to hear it, which is sometimes what you need to do. Yeah. So you, you did play with the Tucson Roadrunners. And I bring this up because I wanted to ask you about one of your teammates, Jalen Smarrick. Uh, he went through a, a, a really horrible incident. I wrote about it uh, over in the Ukraine Hockey League. And you were you you came out with a really strong statement on Twitter, which I appreciate. I'm sure he did. Could you speak to him as a player and a person? Yeah, I actually try to stay out of like commenting on stuff unless I'm close to it, which with Jalen I was. Um, Jalen, awesome teammate. He was in and out of the lineup, uh, just kind of fighting for his life. I think he was up from the coast, but he was always one of those guys who um, I knew he was doing some stuff for some inner city kids back home. He's a Detroit, Michigan guy. Um, So he was always trying to push the envelope for the uh, African-American community within hockey. And like, it, it's just crazy to me. Like if you don't, you just need to nip stuff in the bud and like make a, like if that guy gets banned from hockey for life, like, okay, that probably won't happen ever again. But it's like this leniency that we give to um, people like, all right, two games or 10 games or whatever it is. It's like, okay, well, Well, what did he down? It was only going to be like four if the team ponied up cash. Yeah. Yeah. And what did he learn? And then what did the next generation learn to that? It's like, okay, it's well, it's not okay to an extent, basically. Whereas if he's banned for life, I don't know the guy at all who did it, but obviously I wouldn't see eye to eye with him if you're doing something like that. But Jalen... Jalen was one of those guys who would push the envelope on the ice, very teammate-oriented guy. Mm-hmm. We're sticking up with the, for the boys constantly. Um, and it would never happen over here. Um, right. In, in the ranks over here because it's just it, – I think it gets talked about more. Um, I mean, I went over to Belarus and I just – it's very uh, – <laughs> for lack of a ter- – it's like the same person copy like – everywhere copied every person is the same so i'm not defending him whatsoever but they just don't they're not very cultured in some in some regards and i think someone comes over there i mean there's no excuse for it like that guy should not be playing hockey anymore and then wow and with a gesture like that that wasn't his first time doing something no that's no come off with that off the jump that's a mindset that where you get angry that's where you go it's like okay that's deeply ingrained into you um like and Jalen is, Jalen's just a good dude. Like he's he was always nice to the boys. Like he was always around the locker room, happy, smiling, even when he shouldn't have been because he was in and out of the lineup. Like he was like scrapping for his pro career, and still one of the boys. So just goes to show you, like you can't be like open. Like you can hate stupid people, but you can't hate people just because they don't look like you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, that leads us to your Twitter feed, which. For those that aren't following, it's at Bo Bennett, two N's, two T's, 19. Great follow. I think your sense of humor comes through uh, hilariously on Twitter. Thank uh, you. Or as one of the older people that are involved <laughs> with the morning skate, <laughs> I, I pick and choose who I follow, so I, I do enjoy it. It's funny. So funny thing about Twitter is I've gotten reprimanded many times dating back to when I first came in the really? league. So I deleted it, I think twice it was. Um, but I mean, I, I was very different from like, like, I didn't want to just be pigeonholed into this type of person I should have be right. where I'm like 
angry all the time if we're losing. Like I would just kind of like I, I like going back at fans. Nothing disrespectful, but like if they chirp me, chirp them back, and right. it's yeah. like um, I kind of well, the, maintain- the kid with the fantasy hockey was hilarious yeah yeah i think i put in the wrong bennett and you're like well if they're scoring for glasses of wine (laughs) all right it was great see and and i think what gets lost in the pro sports is um like you're putting out this image that they want you to put out you know that's not who the person is whereas i wanted i wanted to be like if that person saw me in real life like that's the same guy from twitter it's not this phony like who you are here we go, boys. Great W. Great to see the fans out there. I had never tweet that in a million years. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, you couldn't make me tweet that. So it was like, I pick and choose. I still do. I'm still kind of wary of um, like how I am on social media. I don't want to, I don't want to open up a can of worms um, where I know that in this day and age, it can just lead you down this rabbit hole of just where you you get to a certain point where you can't even argue you just get you feel like your brain's just getting mushed into mashed potatoes so you just like have to turn off your phone for a second so i keep everything either geared towards myself or positive towards other people which when i kind of switch to like uh self-deprecation in terms of like my injuries and like where i'm at and like my life up to this point like no one can make fun of me because i make fun of me (laughs) so it's like I like you develop this thick skin where like, like I love it. Like I don't, I don't care if someone makes fun of me. Like as long as my parents like me and my couple best friends like me, I'm pretty good. <laughs> the the all star, the your buddy all star. That's Danny Heatley, isn't it? Yeah, absolute yeah. beauty. And he's the one who got you to come down to that beer league game with your famous like dash three and i hurt myself or what, what? <laughs> yeah i'm still waiting on an mri for my uh for my hip actually um so he he was one of my first friends in arizona he's been here he went uh don't want to give him away too much but he's been an asu guy he was an asu guy so he like stayed here after asu and he just was one of those guys who was always closely connected with hockey because he's running this account he's an he's the funniest guy in person. Um, so when you're a hockey guy and you're actually playing pro or in the NHL and he's not treating you like, like above them, like he's like making fun of you or like making cracking jokes. Like some people get nervous or like starstruck. So he, he right away just like gets down to everything and you're like, all right, he's one of the boys. And he actually sold me this house, uh, best real estate. So, yeah. He's just, He's um he's a good dude and um he's he's very smart and funny and uh, I, super clever dude the shit that he says man bro and this is that is the absolute bare minimum of what goes on in his brain or when we're in public <laughs> when we're in public like and I'm like a more of a reserved like I like I talked if I'm having a conversation I get a little loud but I'm very reserved this guy in public <laughs> is one of <laughs> like. Like his do not care about anything meter is cranked to 10. Dude, I used to love whenever Pompville would score, he'd be like, yeah, Pompville took a couple uh, bong rips and he's chilling in the ball pit at your local Buffalo McDonald's or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, How does your brain come up with that, man? Like that's fucking so funny. It's, he's like kind of like Letterkenny in a way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know one of the guys from Letterkenny, uh, a last name Carol, but that family, their, their humor is very similar in that like you kind of have to – have a little head on your shoulders to get it yeah. some of the stuff you know like 
like if you're reading it and don't think it's funny, I hate to say it, I think you're you're missing something. Yeah, for um, sure. Because it's not it's not to make fun of anyone. It's not. It's just kind of just say funny terms put together, and you know, like every year he says Boston Bruins sign uh, Brian Gianta to one year, yeah. <laughs> like something like stupid like that. Him or like the Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek's back for free agent frenzy or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, and his brain works like that. Like he'll say stuff when we're in public that I'll be just dying at, which is you need a guy like that around with no filter, but he still knows how to conduct himself to a point. I, I also I didn't want to I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the pro mentor, what you're what you're involved in now. This is fantastic. For those that don't know, if you could go into that a little. Yeah. So pro mentor is basically I got approached as I had been in contact with one of my buddies back home through my little brother who was friends with him. His name's Craig. And he's basically like we're my dad's on the board of this new company, new platform, new app. Um new technology basically because they're innovating some technology into it where that you can connect to a pro as like almost like a big brother you know like like have like a mentor that's been there done that one curated to what you want to maybe your trajectory of your career maybe something you're going through currently um and like for me like I would have loved to talk to the guys who went to the BC, the guys who went to uh, DU prior. Hey, that's such a good idea. So it's 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 $50 a session for 20 minutes. And like like I, I'm on Cameo as well where like I'll, I do 50 seconds for 30 seconds mm-hmm. uh, to send a video where I'm not even going back and forth with someone. I'm just videotaping it and send it. Right. Um, this is like I, I, you start to build a relationship where these kids don't feel like such on an island. And right. when you're when you're 12 to 15, you're like, why is my best buddy getting all the playing time? And my dad's harping on me. A lot of it's geared towards overparenting too. <laughs> yeah. important. I was gonna say um, you should maybe pro mentor some of the parents. Yeah. So a lot of them have listened in where I know that they're there, so I can say buzzwords or buzz phrases to them so they can understand from a pro side of things for someone who's gone through it as compared to someone who thinks they know the proper steps for a kid. Um, I think just kind of taking away their, not their power, obviously you still want them to be great parents for their kid, but just kind of taking away what they think is the end all be all of what hockey should be, what it should look like. At the end of the day, I was very lucky. My parents didn't care what I did. They wanted to go skate. They'd take me. If I didn't, they didn't ask me. Um, and it helped me build my hunger and love for hockey. Um, and I think a lot of times these kids get force fed the game without a voice like mine or even above mine, um, like guys who played for 20 years and that voice gets stale and then you get, it leads to resentment and it leads to wanting to do other things. So kind of makes you want to get out of the opportunity before it even starts. It's just, it's super relatable, man. Like, you have like these kids who in, in your right, like, and even if like, I'm a dad, right. Hypothetically. And I'm like on my kid's ass or whatever. And then we're, like, I'm on a call with you and he's like, yeah, like you shouldn't, as a dad, you're probably like, well, this kid made the NHL. Like I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help out my kid. Like maybe they kind of take a step back and it's like prerogative. 100%. Like this is absolutely not what I should be doing. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and if the, if the voice is getting stale from the parents and it's a good message and right. I say it, 
they can say, oh, remember what he said? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it, re it restarts the programming with the kid. Um, and it's we're, positive, right? Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's the best it's part about it. It's all positive. It's all, it's all like be a good person, be a good teammate. You yeah. know, like a lot of times that's two pillars that are non-negotiables when getting picked for teams. Especially now with everything's visible, you know, with social mm -hmm. media and everything. And we have baseball and soccer and we're going to keep branching out into new sports like like a, a sport we're looking into right now, which would be awesome is golf because everyone everyone wants to be better at golf. Like it's just everyone wants to. Yeah. And to be able to connect with someone who maybe similar swing, maybe similar style, like maybe similar size. It's like just finding someone that kind of fits your uh what you want to be and like there's some kids like yeah i want them to sign up with me but there's sometimes they sign up with me and i'll be like hey maybe this is a better option i'm not a defenseman i'm not from the east coast trying to pick between the ohl and uh, the the whatever is up there the queue and you send them that way and now it just helps like give them resources that as a in the nhl you're they're right there on the table for you. I can ask 15 people a question and I get the best of every answer where for a kid, you're not really allowed that opportunity until you're in it. Yeah. So it closes a lot of doors um, for these kids if they, they feel kind of ousted by it. So I think it's just kind of opening that availability up for uh, pros to kind of give back. And I mean, for me, it's made me feel good helping a kid. Um, oh, that yeah. might not have that might not have got it. And um, I eventually want to get tangible like camps going too, where we can yeah. get all these pro guys, former pros together where it's like, yeah, these guys will, they'll travel to see like 20 former pro NHLers, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause, Cause then you can have little seminars like, Oh, you want to go to the OHL? Go here, go talk to this guy. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's kind of opening that basically the Google for professional sports. Well, it's giving back too. It's it, I think giving it's fantastic. Back, yeah, make, makes you feel good. It's, I mean, the price point is so fifty dollars for a twenty minute session. It's it's fair only because like for a parent's perspective, you're not having to take them to the rink, which is like three hour process. You know, it's like right. It's a twenty minute sit down. If the kid is interested and in taking it in, it's very valuable. You know, like a kid, yeah. like we have. I mean, we have Amanda Kessel on there and like one of the best women hockey players to ever do it. Yeah. Opening that uh, line of communication to women hockey players, which their side of sports is very undermanned. You know what I mean? In terms right. of like who's been there and done that. No, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah. So we're, we're going, we're going, we're having fun with it. And we're the kids who have done it, they keep coming back, um, which in my opinion is the best feeling because they're like wow i like i'm thinking one thing let me go ask let me go and ask got something out of it yeah let me go ask go back to ask bo about his opinion because like there's nothing i haven't I, i've encountered most disappointments and successes in my career so i'll, I'll tell you straight up like yeah. hey like getting sat on your youth peewee teams not the end all be all brother <laughs> like you'll be, okay. you'll be okay was it michael jordan got cut from his high school team right the yeah, famous I, one yeah, yeah. I, I never played when i was younger i was like i had like spurts where i was good in like first year peewees and then 
after that, I just was awful and I just couldn't figure it out. And same thing. I was like, I want to quit. Parents were like, oh, don't quit. I'm like, all right, well, because you're nice about it, I won't. And then I just kept kept working out. And granted, thankful for my parents. Like, honestly, they kind of taught me this giving back thing and um, kind of helping that next generation where like, what's it to me to give 20 minutes of my time yeah. to make someone's day and make their life a little better? Something like, that they might remember forever. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I try to go out to camps whenever I can, try to get out to help. uh, Like me and Robert Bertuzzo, we used to go to Children's Hospital um, once a month just to play with the kids in the kids' room. And it's like going back to perspective, like you get in there, it's like they love that stuff. Like this is one one hour time in a full week, in a full month, in a full year. Like just go do it. It's nice. It feels great. Yeah. Oh, Super, man. Oh, it's a great you're one of the more, Yeah, you're one of the more positive people I've ever met. That I, this yeah, that's fantastic. That's why I wanted to talk to you. I've listened to you. You guys feel good, though? Like, I feel good. <laughs> no, like, I feel, I feel way better about my life right now. So, so <laughs> I'm going to be holding the doors that. for everybody tomorrow. I'm going to be stuck yes, at the hardware sick. store for an hour. <laughs> I think uh, I think we got one more little segment. Brown, do you want to do oh, that rapid fire? Yeah. So I got, if you're okay with it, we got the lightning round questions. Okay. Not a lot of them. Yeah, no worries. So, are you a laces and tongues in or out guy? In. Laces in. All right. Favorite cartoon character? Favorite cartoon character. Oh my gosh. Auto Rocket from Rocket Power. I literally said that. Oh my that God. He podcast. said that earlier. <laughs> oh I got to look this guy up now. <laughs> uh, awesome. Are you a black tape or white tape? And do you go heel to toe or toe to heel when you tape? I go heel to toe, always cut off the toe, white tape with wax. Okay. Every time the same for 15 years. What kind What kind of wax? Is there a specific one? Sex wax yeah. or how is I use sex wax and then I use candle wax to make it so it's not as sticky. Like that. Nice. Uh, guilty pleasure TV show or your most recent binge? Or both? Entourage. I Whenever I, like, I'm chilling. The California guy. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like it, it does remind me of my group of friends. So it's like very funny to see all the places I've been also being like with kind of my friend group from that show, like the turtles and the ease. Yeah. So granted, I'm not Vinny, but it's just like, it, it's just funny <laughs> to look at that show. And if I'm doing something on the computer, I just throw it on the background because there's one liners in there that will never not make me Dude, laugh. That, that like made my day because I watched the Entourage and I'm like, if I was ever famous, this is exactly what I want to do. Like if I ever made millions of dollars, I'd want my best friends there. One drive me and let, let's just fucking make memes. Like, yeah, like, yep. hey, like, uh, you, you want to sign me? Yeah, my boys are coming too. <laughs> right? Like unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. you don't hear more about that. Like whenever, I don't know. Next question. Here we go, Brian. <laughs> do you remember your first stick and what was it? If you remember, my first stick was in ice hockey. I do remember it was a Z bubble with a Titan blade crossover so that you use it outdoor and indoor. It was like the bottom was like had like an extra filler of it. So you can go on like the cement and then use it on the ice. And then I quickly went into the Bauer Supreme wooden one pieces for for like four years. Just for for money purposes, is like they were eighteen bucks at the time. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> do you uh, do you remember like when we were like, because I'm in ninety, so like growing up, like when the new sticks came out, it was like a hundred and ten dollars, uh, and people were like, "Yo, it's a hundred and ten dollars!" Like this is stick, the stealth, and like the M one or some shit. 
And yeah. then the X N ten, and now they're like three hundred. The synergy, the synergy was the only where everyone's like, oh, I need that stick. And it's yeah. like, I mean, it. I kind of like that I use wood sticks because it you it's like using worse equipment. You kind of develop a little bit broader range of talent. You know, yeah. like you know what I mean. And I think a lot of those older guys, like the Brett Holes of the world, like if he had stick now, like it would be ridiculous how it, how hard a shot would be. Oh God, yeah. I tell myself that in beer league all the time. I'm way too cheap to buy those like three hundred dollars sticks. So like, I like if I miss a shot, I'm like if I had that, I was fucking in. Like, I just got a shipment of twenty. So that's the perks of being a former NHL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. There you go. Uh, Eggs, preferably. I don't like like a thick waffle. I like like a little thin waffle. Thin waffles. Uh, golf or fishing? Golf. Golf. Okay. Then the last one, who is the most famous person in your phone that you could reach out to? Sid, probably. Sid. Yeah, that's what we figured beforehand. I guess, I mean, I got Mario in there too. No shit. Um, Mario, Mario is the big, like the biggest, like he walks in a room and people like stop talking. He just has an aura, right? They say that that they walk in a room and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. And Sid, Sid carries that to an extent, but like nothing like Mario. Like Mario's like, suit jacket with jeans and like loafers kind of look where like you just know like he he's been there done that like in not only hockey but in like the business world and like just he just is never says anything wrong he's just the man so like isn't his kid at asu yeah i think i don't know if he just retired but his kid is at asu i believe yeah Um, i remember yeah shane doan's kid there too yeah um so all right, we made it through this whole thing. Ked's going to laugh at me. I have to ask. So you played 13 games with my all-time, probably my most favorite hockey player of all time. I sign off every podcast, giving him a God bless. Jerome McGinley. <laughs> Jerome McGinley is by far another reason why I act the way I do. By far the nicest, most genuine human being on planet Earth. I got his skates right there. I got a nameplate up there. Yeah. I, I I played with him my last his last game in Pittsburgh. We were on a line together. Is no shit. Uh it was me, him, and um, I want to say Sutter. Me, him, and Sutter. And we were playing Boston, actually, weirdly enough. Game four of conference finals, and we got swept in that series. But playing with him, I just remember my rookie party, like this guy is smiling. Uh, it was a shortened year, so we didn't have a bunch of money. Um, as rookies, there's three of us. I think I don't, I don't remember our bill was like 30k for dinner, and then I think going out was like the same. But he, I didn't even know this. I they're like, oh, just pay 6,500, write us a check for 6,500. That's your portion, we'll figure it out later. I guess Jerome picked up the rest of the tab and never told anyone. And um, he didn't want to strap us for cash going into summer because this is the shortened year. He was there for like, there's two games left. We're going to playoffs. You only make playoff bonus, which is huge for us. But like going into playing my first NHL game, I think I had like two grand in my checking account. Like, no AHL, shit. yeah, AHL 70K salary. Like, you're not making that much money and you're, if you're trying to keep up with like enjoying life still, like yeah. you're still spending. So um, yeah. And then that night 
we're all buckled and ended up in a i was in a hot tub we're in fort lauderdale it was me oh he's i don't have to lay down if you're gonna tell me about a hot tub and uh mark andre Fleury, and i think maybe brendan morrow and maybe robert voltuzo so I, we're sitting there as rookies i I'm like, Dude, what a fucking team. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was disgusting. If we didn't, like, if Boston had lost to Toronto that year in the first round because they were up 4 1 with like seven yeah. minutes left or whatever it was. Oh, we're I, aware of that. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, but Boston was the only team that really could beat us in terms of the, their style of play. It was very structured. It was very um, not get down because we would, our, our team was very, skilled you know but boston was the one team that could wear us down you know like they're everyone's so big on their team everyone's so annoying to play against even their best players like marshawn bergeron yagers on the team at the time um but we get sorry this story is going long no no <laughs> okay fine. you're so talking about was, wait you're talking about aginla and the bruins i'm in go ahead <laughs> yeah no this is but he's on he's on pittsburgh at no no time. i know but two of my favorite things yeah yeah so we're in we're in this hot tub and I, I think I was like, I was buckled and I was very quiet. I was trying to, I would never overstep my boundaries. You know, I would let the kind of like, all right, if you talk to me, I'll talk back. I don't want to be like that obnoxious rookie. Yeah. Um, but then I got some liquor in me and I was like asking him questions. And I, he told us the story that he was playing for the flames. Uh, and Theo Fleury was the captain and um, we were talking about like games, like playing guilty, you know, like where you wake up and you're, you went out the night before and like, yeah. you played guilty that night and you have like a great game. Cause all the boys are looking around like, Oh my God, we are like, we I buzzing out here. And he said that, um, they get to LA, they're on a losing streak and they, this is back when they had a, like the, the phones, no cell phones, you know? And a, a call comes around from downstairs, and it's like Theo Fleury says, "Like be downstairs uh, in ten minutes." They just arrive in LA. They play the Kings the next night, so they're getting on this bus, thinking they're going to the team dinner. I guess they pull up to Van Nuys Airport. They board a plane to go to Vegas. Oh. So they're in Vegas. <laughs> they're in Vegas, and uh, I guess they were like getting guys on the plane, like like early in the mornings like we got to get back for a uh, pregame skate like the boys were gonna miss <laughs> guys in and uh he tells this whole elaborate story i'm like all right well you guys win he goes we lost 10 2. <laughs> <laughs> i was like that that makes the story 10 times better but like their team was sick so it's just i think you kind of rally around those situations a little bit better than like sometimes that's better than winning a game you shouldn't you know like yeah. All right, we yep. have that memory now. Like now, I like the guy next to me a little bit more. I'll work right. a little harder for him. So, hearing that kind of dictated how I treated teammates in terms of like the going out and like enjoying ourselves. Because at the end of the day, like if why why win with guys you don't want to go out with? Right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a great that was a great drill again. The story. Oh, I am. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> an absolute. He's he's what a, a pro uh, athlete should be like. Genuine, nice, works hard, does his job, enjoys life. Perfect. Yeah, should, man. Well, Bo Bennett, thank you for coming on the podcast, dude. We really appreciate it. that. Was, that was fun, yeah, was man. Awesome. Just diving in and 
just stay positive, dude. That that was fucking yeah. big for me. Especially the work's work's been a bitch. So that I needed that. I'm gonna tell my boss to fucking start talking to you or something like that. Just but. hold it. Hey, just hold the door open to it for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, that was Bo Bennett, episode of the morning skate. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Oh boy. Yeah, we're good. I think we're good. Uh, I have no idea. Shit. You're the editor.